Hi, everyone. We are just about to jump into episode number 168 with Tim Sara, Strata Manager. Tim has some wonderful tips for all of us on how we can be more efficient, more effective day to day, whether we are managers, whether we're committee members, whether we're just people dealing with mountains of emails. Tim's got some really great tips and it's a wonderful episode. I just wanted to jump in first up because you'll hear me and Tim in this episode talking about a way that our Strata committees can help out strata managers when it comes to instructions and issuing authority to do things. And you'll hear me promise to you, our listeners, a sample motion that you'll be able to download and you can use on your strata committee meeting agendas to ease the workload for your strata manager and yourselves. And I just want to tell you straight up that you'll find that download over at yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash communications. You'll hear me mention that link later in the episode, but I just wanted to give you a heads up on that at the top of the episode here, yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash communications for your template motion download. Over to my chat with Tim Sarah. Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. Tim Sara is a licensed senior strata manager working with Strata Choice in Sydney since 2009. With a portfolio of clients across Sydney and particularly the Lower North Shore, Tim is recognised as a keen innovator with a focus on creating and adapting technological systems to create efficiency. Tim is also a driver of change, pushing for a unified industry-wide movement towards improved communication methods, both internally within companies and externally with clients and their suppliers. Tim is a qualified and competent practitioner in neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, which has significantly improved his communication skills and delivery of service. Tim thoroughly enjoys constant self-improvement, as well as skiing, camping, hiking, yoga, and international travel. Today, I am delighted to welcome Tim Sara. Welcome, Tim. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me on your show. It is a pleasure to have you on the show, Tim. I know that you have a bit of a superpower when it comes to being efficient, getting the job done in this very tricky, overwhelming world that is strata and strata management in particular. So I thought I'd bring you on the show to share with us what that power is and how others might be able to learn from your experiences, your tips and tricks. What do you think? Sounds good. Awesome. Well, the first thing I want to ask you, Tim, what do you think the hardest part of a strata manager's job is? Okay, so a strata manager will deal with thousands of people in any given day. For example, if you have a portfolio of, let's say, a thousand lots across maybe 50 strata schemes, which is about average, I'd say, you're dealing with, you know, a thousand lot owners plus the co-owners of those lots as well. You're dealing with uh, 50 strata committees, which can consist from anywhere from one to nine members, although let's say for argument's sake, it's three to seven members on average. So that's another 150 to 350 committee members. Uh, you're dealing with leasing agents, tenants, 
uh, building managers, lawyers, consultants and tradesmen, mediators in the tribunal, local council, debt collectors, insurance, conveyances, strata searchers, neighbouring landowners. So all of these different stakeholders uh, coming into the management of the strata scheme. And so, you know, on an average day for myself, I know that I usually send and receive about 250 emails each day. And then I've got phone calls on top of that. And I'm organising and attending meetings that are usually held outside of business hours. Mm, For sure. It is such a big job. I say it often on the podcast that you strata managers, I don't envy you. (laughs) Let's put it that way. (laughs) Now, Tim, I want to talk about that tricky task of time management. What does time management mean to you as a strata manager? Okay, so it's managing that massive amount of communication that I was talking about before. And in doing that, it's using systems or procedures. Uh, Technology is a lot of people talk ill of technology, but I personally love it. Uh, It's using templates and basically just creating efficiencies wherever you can. So templates, for example, I deal with a lot of requests for pet applications or breaches of bylaws or, you know, renovations. So I've developed templates to deal with those. So we've got a website, for example, that tenants and owners can go in there and put in at a pet application or a renovation request. So it's using things like that, using technology. So I love to-do lists. I love the tasks section of Outlook. You can create reminders for yourself. I mean, we all come up with these great ideas from time to time. But it's so important to write those down and not necessarily deal with them right there and then. You can deal with it later on. But it's just writing it down in the first place. So setting and forgetting, I think, is really crucial. Mm. Um, Being able to come up with something and then deal with it later. And then having reoccurring reminders as well. So just a little example, I mean, once a month I have a reminder that pops up telling me to book my AGMs for my clients. And that has a checklist within itself you know, and says, well, these are the things you need to consider when you're booking the meetings, things like preparing budgets. So that all just automates itself. I don't have to think and remember every month to do that. It just kind of pops up and then I I deal with it as it comes. I mean, good time management is using technology like online meetings. God, I love, love online meetings. You know, we used to think that the paper meetings were great <laughs> and then people would complain that, you know, you'd have to print out the, the voting paper and sign it and scan it and send it back. Like that was a really difficult thing to do. And now we've got online meetings. So it's as simple as drafting an agenda within the system and it generates an email. They click on the link, vote. The thing generates the minutes for you. So you can utilise technology to do so much of the job for you. There has to be oversight with technology and, yes, technology does have its faults and things can go wrong from time to time. But, you know, the vast majority of your workload can be automated. Mm. And uh, I think that that's something that a lot of people need to take advantage of. Yeah. What really jumped out to me in what you said there, Tim, was setting and forgetting and how powerful that is. I certainly experienced that myself when you have numerous things trying to capture your attention in the course of a day. And I wear different hats during my day, as well as I know strata managers do. Sometimes I'm face-to-face with a client. Sometimes I'm recording a podcast. Sometimes I'm inside the membership community answering questions. And sometimes I'm answering emails and writing advices. We've got so much in our brains and vying for our attention. 
it's okay to have these new things come up and to take notice of them, but to be able to make the decision, I don't have to deal with this now, but I'm going to make a time to deal with it. I'm going to put it in this other basket over here. I'm going to put it in my calendar. I'm going to put it in my task list for next week. And you just reminded me of an excellent book, which I often recommend to people. It's called Procrastinate on Purpose. I love that title. Uh, It's by a guy called Rory Vaden, and I'll put a link to the book in the show notes. But it's all about that skill of being able to say, okay, I've got a mountain of things to do. What needs to be done now? What can be done later? What can I delegate to someone else to do? And what don't I have to do at all? What can I just delete? And this is not something that, you know, people are born with and I don't profess to be excellent at this yet, but it's definitely a skill that you can learn, which will just improve your productivity out of sight. So I love that you brought that up, setting and forgetting for now. And look, you're right. It is a skill that you can learn. I, maybe five or six years ago, won an award at our company Christmas party called the Night Owl Award, Mm. where they went in and calculated the number of hours that people had been in the office. So when people swipe in and out, and I won an award for being the person that had been in the office the most. Wow. I was so ashamed wow. to win that award. You know, and I was, I, that was back when I was, you know, taking on a newer portfolio and I was having to do the hard yards. But over the course of an entire year, I was the number one person in the company to spend time in the office. That's not something I was proud of. And so mm. I used to be someone that wasn't as, productive or or as good at time management and it's a skill that you can develop it's not something that you're born with some people might be but for a lot of people it's something that you can develop over time it doesn't have to be this thing that is unachievable and was there a particular moment in time a particular incident maybe it was that award a particular time you can pinpoint that you made the decision this is not cool this is not how I should be working how did you make that change that award was probably a key moment for me. But one of the things that I realized that I was particularly bad at was delegating to other people. You know, I wouldn't trust that others would do things as well as I would. And that sounds quite arrogant, but I think a lot of people tend to do it. Mm. They fear that if they delegate something to someone else, that that person's not going to do it in the same way that they did it. And therefore, they don't delegate, they keep everything to themselves. And then all of a sudden they have this mountain, you know, mountainous workload, all because they weren't willing to delegate to their colleagues or, you know, assistants or whoever. And the downside of doing that is that your colleagues and assistants, they never learn the skills. So yeah, okay, they might make mistakes, but if they don't make those mistakes, they don't learn from them. And if Mm. you don't give them the opportunity in the first place to do those tasks, they'll never pick them up in the first place and you'll forever be burdened by those tasks. So it's so important to trust others and to, you know, allow others to help you where they can. Mm, You're right that it is very hard for some people, some personality types, including my own, to (laughs) let go of control and delegate to other people. Perfectionists, yes, (laughs) type A personalities, that's us. But I often think when I'm crossing that threshold and knowing that I've, I've got to delegate this task, I have to let someone else do it because I just physically can't or this is the best way forward for my day, my life, my business, I think to myself, what's the worst thing that could happen if this person drops the ball, if this doesn't go right? And often it's not 
a big disaster. It might be that an email doesn't get sent in quite the right wording that you would want it sent in. Um, Not a big deal. There are very few things that can suddenly catch a light and, and turn into irreversible damage. And I think we have to go through that experience of passing on to somebody else, a team member, a colleague. It's often when we go away on holidays for two weeks and then coming back and saying, you know what, nothing terrible really happened. And if we don't give ourselves and our colleagues that opportunity to step in, then we'll never know. And importantly, as you say, Tim, they'll never learn either. Yeah, exactly. And so when I first realized that this was a problem for me, I started to work with you know, my assistant, I'd actually just taken on a brand new one. And over the course of about a year and a half, I ended up training her to become a strata manager by delegating to her. You know, there were mistakes made in the beginning and now she's a wonderful strata manager who's running her own portfolio. And so in the end, it was such a great outcome. Mm. I, and that would have never happened. Well, look, no discredit to her, but that might not have happened if I hadn't given her the opportunities yep. to realise that she could do these things. Um, she ended up taking it on and doing a wonderful job of it. So I'm glad I did it. Mm, excellent. Such a good story to hear. Now, Tim, you've already shared with us um, the power of setting and forgetting, which I'm very excited about. Do you have any other specific examples of how you personally increase efficiency in your day? Yeah. So I think one of the things that's really important is that people set aside time for themselves. You know, Burning out is now known by the World Health Organization as a chronic condition. So it's been recognized that, you know, when people are overexerting themselves all the time, they're not giving themselves personal time to be with their family or to be with their friends or to do their hobbies. They just get tired and all of a sudden they're no longer able to give their best selves to their clients. You know, if you're constantly tired, then you're going to come into work every day being exhausted. You're going to be you know, having a million coffees, which isn't good for your heart, all of a sudden, you know, you're not exercising, you're not being healthy. And so you get into this rut or this really vicious cycle of being unhealthy. And so I think it's really important that people prioritize that, invest in yourself. And so I guess some of the things that I do, like I like to wake up early. And again, I was not a morning person. Um, I really wasn't. I used to wake up, rush out the door, get to work like as late as I could. And then I started to force myself to go to sleep earlier and prioritize sleeping and all of that. So now I now come into work early. Now the phones are not ringing at seven o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. or even eight o'clock for that matter. So it's really good for me, I find, to come in early so that I can just smash out the emails. I mean, like I was saying before, there are so many emails in a strata manager's job. So if you can get in some time in the morning where it's nice and quiet, no one's bothering you, you know, colleagues, clients, whoever, you can just get to work and, and get to it. I think that's one of the most powerful things that I've done for myself. As opposed to being a night owl when you're a bit yeah, exhausted. exactly. And- I, I used to do the opposite. I used to stay back late and you know, come nighttime, I'm tired. I've been looking at a computer all day. I want to go home and, you know, go to sleep or whatever. Whereas in the morning, I'm fresh, I'm energetic, I've got time, so to speak. Um, So I think setting up like a routine in your personal life really helps with your work life. Because I see so many people just coming into work like a zombie in the morning and they get nothing done during the day. Mm. And there's a couple of other little things that I do. I deal with emails in the morning because at nighttime people tend to email us. So you come in the morning, there's quite a few there. Not planning meetings on a Monday. That's actually something that I started doing a while ago 
for two reasons. One, Monday is probably the busiest day of my week. So I'm dealing with the emails from Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. So for me, I like to go home at five or six o'clock on a Monday and, and recharge again and then come back in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and really smash it out. And I think that that's the other side of that as well is it's something that strata managers don't often do, or certainly a lot that I know, is they don't set aside a day of the week where they don't have meetings. Mm. So I see a lot of strata managers who will book themselves, you know, four nights a week, even five nights a week. Some people do meetings on Fridays. I think that's crazy. But they'll do meetings five nights a week and then wonder why, you know, they haven't done their laundry on, you know, they're coming into work like with, you know, disheveled look about them because they haven't had any time to themselves. Mm. So I think that's a big part of it. It's making time for yourself. And don't be afraid to do that, by the way. I mean, I don't do meetings on Saturdays, so why should I do them on Mondays? I mean, that's not to say I won't ever do a meeting on Monday. Some of my clients require that night. I'm happy to do it. But, you know, give yourself a day or two of the week where you just don't do meetings. You just go and live life. Mm, I love that tip. And I've often wondered what a strata manager's Monday morning must look like now that I live in strata and I see some of the things that go on over the weekend. And I see the emails as the committee secretary. And I think my poor strata manager has got to open her inbox on Monday morning and OMG. And if this is just us, imagine all those other buildings that you're managing as well. So such a powerful tip there. No meetings on a Monday. You've been with the same company, I think, for nearly 10 years now. How do you suggest strata managers, maybe not as experienced as you, how do they approach their boss with that idea of carving out a day of the week without meetings? Well, I think it's, it's, for me, it's more important that the strata manager establishes the rapport with their clients. I mean, I don't know about other agencies. My boss doesn't tell me what days I can and can't do meetings. That's up to me and my clients to organize. But for me, one of the key things that a strata manager should do is, you know, set boundaries with their clients. I mean, I, I take the example of leading into Christmas, a lot of strata managers will book themselves silly. Any night of the week that they have free, they will book it. And they'll book those, you know, a month before December. And December will become this chaotic month of meetings. And I just think that it's important that people explain to their clients, look, you know, for example, when I, when I say to my clients, I'm not available on a Monday, I'm not necessarily explaining why and nor do I feel as though I, I should have to, by the way. You know, I could have football training on Monday or I might be going to yoga or whatever it is. You know, I don't necessarily have to. Some of my clients I might explain that to, but I think that that's important is that you build the rapport with your clients. Say, look, I'm, I'm not available on this day and it might be because you have another meeting, by the way. We have meetings with other clients. So it's really about building a relationship with your clients so that they understand that you can't just go around cancelling meetings for other clients just for them. That's not fair. They wouldn't appreciate it if you did that to them. And so it's just building that relationship and the connection with them. I think that's that's really important. We're all human beings. We all understand mm. that people are busy and that people have got other things on. So, And you want to be your best self at that meeting and no doubt your client wants to be served by your best self. And I suppose that's another angle that you can take with your employer to say, look, I want to make sure I'm doing a great job at these meetings and representing our company. And I don't feel that on a Monday after trudging through 250 plus emails, it's a great time for me then to be going out and seeing a client. I think I'm going to be much more focused, much more prepared if I go to the meeting on a Tuesday, for example. Yeah, exactly. Whatever works for you. Yep, that's it. 
Now, we do have a lot of strata managers listening in, Tim, uh, and I know that they're getting so much from your tips. What do you notice with your colleagues, those in your office? How do they struggle to become more efficient uh, in your eyes? And how do you suggest they get over those difficulties? Okay, so one of the main issues that I picked up on is strata managers dealing with entire strata committees. Uh So I mentioned before, like some committees have nine members plus a tenant representative and a building manager. That's a lot of people when you're talking about 50 buildings and then all of the other stakeholders. So one of the things that I did a few years ago was I started to introduce a motion on the agenda of all of my clients' meetings, which authorised the secretary and or the chairperson to liaise with and give instructions on behalf of the committee. So a lot of the time there will be day-to-day decisions that committees are making about just the, the running of the building. And I'm not talking about the decisions that should be made at committee meetings. I'm talking about, you know, basic and minor things. So I developed this motion and it said, well, the secretary or the chairperson can instruct me on behalf of the committee. And what the intention behind that is that the committee will go and discuss something Okay, so this isn't the chairperson or secretary having some kind of dictatorship-like power. They discuss something and then come to me once a decision's been made or once they've got a bunch of questions. So one of the things I see all the time is these, I call them email tornadoes. You send out an email with something and then it just goes around and around in circles with people just chatting away. Next thing you know, you've got 30 emails in your inbox and you're trying to read all of them, ascertain, well, have these guys made a decision yet or... Are they still trying to work out what they want to do? I don't really know. And so what I did was to all of my clients, I said, look, it's important that you guys can go and discuss something. And then once you've made a decision or once you've at least got a list of questions, because you might be able to answer your own questions, then come to me and say, this is what we'd like you to do. And that's significantly cut down the amount of emails I'm dealing with. You know, a lot of our clients are intelligent people that can work through issues themselves And that kind of comes to, I guess, the next point I'd make is it's so important that strata managers educate our clients. You know, the more we educate our clients and the more they know, and that's why I love this podcast and and the forums and everything that you're doing is because the more people know, essentially the easier our jobs are. You know, I spend less time now explaining to clients why we have to have all these meetings and why do the, the owners corporation have to approve renovations and those sorts of things you know, I'm freed up now to deal with the actual issues. And so some of my clients even run their own meetings. And I think that's excellent. You know, some of them prefer that I be there for the more technical issues and that's fine. But some of them, you know, they're just dealing with the day-to-day running of the building and I don't need to be there for that, nor do they need to be paying me for that. So why wouldn't I just educate them before the meeting and they can go and run it themselves? Mm. Um, Spend the time on that and it'll pay dividends. Yes, that is so good to hear, Tim, because I'm concerned that some strata managers get worried that they're doing themselves out of a job by educating their clients, by giving them that information or a point in the right direction to say, hey, you guys can sort it out or here's where you'll get the information and then come to me when it's time to make those high-level decisions where you need that technical expertise and that's where you can really add value. I see a, a lack of insight into that all too often and strata managers are burning themselves out because of it. I think you made a good point there. They think they're doing themselves out of a job. We're coming up to strata scheme number 100,000 in New South Wales. There's plenty of work out there. Don't worry about that. There's plenty of strata schemes that are self-managed that are becoming professionally managed because of the complex nature of strata management. 
there is plenty of work out there. Don't feel as though, you know, you're going to do yourself a disservice by educating clients. Trust me, it's much better that they be educated and then you can talk to them about more crucial things. Mm. And I think the more competitive our market gets, the more those managers who have those deeper skills, those human skills, the personal skills, being able to communicate well, being able to give that deeper advice, they're the ones who are going to differentiate themselves as opposed to the great admin managers who can fire off emails and answer procedural questions. We'll all be Googling that soon enough and getting those questions answered by robots and we won't need you. So better start working on those stronger skills. Yeah, it reminds me of like they're even talking now about, you know, using artificial intelligence to deal with legal matters. Mm, I mean, sure. that's, that's kind of a scary idea. But I mean, exactly. A lot of this stuff is being automated. It's admin based. It's you're right. It's the advice that we can give and helping people to coexist properly that's going to help, you know, manage the buildings of the future. I think that another, another really important thing that strata managers need to do is to adequately explain things to their clients. So it kind of comes to education as well. But for example, when we send out a notice of annual general meeting, we include like a little letter at the beginning that explains how a meeting is run, who's entitled to vote, what the procedural requirements are. And so people come to the meeting knowing rather than me having to sit there for 15 minutes at the start of the meeting, running through all of those things, you just say, well, I assume everyone's read page one and you hope that they have. But again, it's giving people the information and then they can educate themselves and then come along to the meetings educated um, rather than asking, you know, a hundred questions and delaying the course of the meeting. Absolutely. Now, what's your advice, Tim, to strata managers who want to get started right now, today, this afternoon, whenever it is that they finish listening to this podcast, they want to start improving their efficiency. What is their next step? Okay. So number one thing I would recommend is drafting a motion for all of your strata committee meetings usually the one that follows the annual general meeting, to authorise a member of the committee to give instructions on its behalf. I find that a huge amount of my correspondence has been reduced by this. And, you know, it's important that they understand that they need to discuss that as a committee, by the way. So when you draft that motion, make sure that it's clear that you're not authorising this person to make decisions, you're authorising them to communicate decisions on behalf of the committee. Some of my clients, unfortunately, misread that and took that as me asking them. And when I'd email them a a quote for something, they'd come back in five minutes and say, Tim, go ahead and do this. And I'd go back and say, well, I don't think you've discussed this with everyone yet. I'd be very surprised if you had. So just making sure that's a clear motion. Um, Another thing is regular reoccurring reminders. You know, I approve invoices. I review and approve invoices every day. And I have a a little task that pops up in Outlook at nine o'clock every single day for me to do that. I don't have to remember to do it every single day. I've physically got something that tells me to do it. I've physically got a reminder every month to book my annual general meetings. I've got reminders to follow up on outstanding quotes once a week, you know, so use those reoccurring reminder systems. You could use apps or Microsoft Outlook's got it, but just have something there that you can set and forget. It's so important, like I said, like you said, we're not going to remember every little idea that pops into our minds. So just use the technology that's there. And the last thing is give yourself time. Seriously, give yourself at least like one day of the week where you don't do meetings. Or look, if you want to do meetings every day of the week, that's fine. Give yourself time to have lunch away from your desk. Yes, please. Yes. Um, you know, seriously, it, it's so important because if we burn ourselves out, we're no good to anyone. I, I learned something a long time ago. I was doing a lifeguarding course 
they taught us that, you know, if you're about to rescue someone, you never swim right up to them because they'll just jump on you out of instinct and you'll both drown. Mm -hmm. And then you're no good to yourself or them. Whereas if you give yourself the time to relax, to unwind, to enjoy life, then you'll come to these meetings fresher. You'll be more happy. You'll be more engaged. You'll be more intelligent. You'll be able to give a better level of service to the clients. And as a result of doing that, you'll be dealing with less dissatisfied clients. And dissatisfied clients often generate the most amount of work for us. They're calling, they're emailing. Happy clients don't tend to do that. So if you give yourself the time to give them the time, then it makes everyone happy in the end. Mm, Excellent tips. Thank you so much, Tim. And I love your tip about the motion for only a particular committee member or members to communicate with the strata manager. We do that in my building and it's something that our strata manager recommended and it is very effective. And I'm so excited about it that I'm actually going to put together a sample of this motion and I'm going to give it to our listeners as a free download for them to access so that they can immediately get started with that particular tip. So the URL for that download is www.yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash communications. And thank you so much for that idea, Tim. That's okay. My only question to you, I guess, out of that, do you think it should be the secretary or the chairperson? Because (laughs) I originally thought, you know, the secretary is essentially the one that deals with communications. However, the chairperson is the one that declares the outcome of a motion at a meeting. But I, I mean, I don't think it really important who it is as long as the motion's clear, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it it could be anyone that you wanted to nominate, really. Um, The secretary certainly is the committee member with the most power, being able to convene meetings and things like that. So anybody who is wanting to join a strata committee and have impact, I always say, grab the secretary's position. That's certainly the position I have on my committee. But I don't see it. Uh, As long as it has been the committee, like you say, to put forward the motion and it's the committee deciding as a committee who it is, then I think it's fine either. Yeah. I mean, I, I, to your point, I actually used to have it just be that the committee elects a person. So Mm. yeah, whatever you want to do, whatever anyone wants to do. I mean, draft the motion the way you think it needs to. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, Tim. Now I know you are a long-term listener to the podcast, so you will be ready for this question. What books have had the greatest impact on you and why? Okay. So Over the New Year period, I read a book by David Goggins called You Can't Hurt Me. Um, So David is an ex-Navy SEAL. He's an ultra-marathon runner. He had the world record for the most amount of pull-ups. So he's a pretty serious dude. But his book really, it teaches us about the capabilities that we have as people. I mean, this is a guy who has pushed himself physically through some of the most challenging things in the world but also mentally. Um, So I guess what I got out of this book is that we're so much more capable than we think. We often give up on something mentally before we do physically. And so it's so important for people to remember that it's important to lean into discomfort is basically Mm. what he's trying to say in this book. And that's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot, you know, lean into discomfort. But he really explains why that can benefit you in such a great way. You know, it's it's so powerful what we can do. And if we lean into discomfort more and more, then over time we build resilience and we teach ourselves that we are capable of doing these things that we didn't think we could do. So 
I thought it was a really good book. I'd recommend it to anyone. Mm, Excellent. I'll look that one up and make sure we've got a link to that in the show notes for our listeners to check out. One thing that I neglected to mention at the top of this episode is that Tim is also a member inside the Your Strata Property online community. And Tim is often there in the forum assisting me to answer some tricky questions from our very increasingly clever, I find Tim, (laughs) members asking the hard questions. Uh, So I'm very grateful to have you there and a number of other strata managers who are in the forum enjoying the resources and the education that's there too. Well, I I love that part about it because there are some questions, you're right, that come up on there and I just think, God, like I really have to research this one. You go and research it and you find the answer. It feels great or better yet, you see yourself answering it or someone else answering it. It's such a great community. I'm constantly learning through that and I actually devote a part of my day to make sure that I go in there and check out what's going on for that reason because there's so many different things that come up in Strata. So I really, really love the community. Excellent to hear. If you do want to find out more about our online community, head over to yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash membership. Before we wrap up, Tim, how do our listeners find out more about you? And is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I guess the easiest way to find me is just through Google. Um, just Google my name, Tim Sara at Strata Choice. And you can find me on LinkedIn or through our company website. I guess the only thing I'd like to say is just that Again, it's, it's so important that we put ourselves first, that we give ourselves a time to be healthy and happy in our lives so that we can show up to work with 100%. You know, if you're not showing up to work 100%, then your clients are going to get frustrated, you're going to get frustrated, it's a vicious circle. Whereas if you set aside the time to live a healthy lifestyle, honestly, it's addictive. Once you start to get on top of work, you stay on top of work a lot easier. Once you start to get on top of your emotional health and your physical health, then you have this real drive to maintain it. So I think that's above all, it's so important that strata managers really give themselves the time and space to be the best they can be. Mm, I know there will be so many very excited strata managers out there listening to you, Tim, and listening to your enthusiasm from someone who has been there, done that, and is still there and doing it. And lots of excited lot owners as well and committee members knowing that there are strata managers out there who are working every day to improve themselves so that they can provide a better service uh, for their buildings, which is great. Tim, it has been a pleasure to have you here on the show with us. You have so much to offer our listeners, our strata managers, our sector as a whole. I look forward to catching up with you in person sometime soon, and I'm sure we'll have you back. Absolutely. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? today?